0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service
1: tell you a story. Maybe you've heard it if you've been in church for a while, but it starts in Luke chapter number 19. Jesus entered verse number one and he passed through Jericho and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans or a tax collector. And the Bible says, comma, and he was Rich. Everybody say rich. So Jesus passes through Jericho and there's a guy there named Zacchaeus who's a chief tax collector. Now the tax collectors in these days most time had a real bad reputation. Probably most of them earned the bad reputation because taxes were not collected in those days in the same manner and method they were, that they were, that they are uh, collected now. It's not like people had an accountant generally that, uh, does their taxes like we do now they don't fill out a document in those days a lot of times it was it was very corrupt because the banking system was not established as it is now almost all of your money now is dealt with on a digital basis Most of us use some type of a credit card or debit card or, or write a check from one to the other. And when that paper check that you write goes to somebody else, you don't say you write them a check for $10,000. Most time you don't hand them $10,000 in cash, but even the cash is just paper with some numbers on it that somebody has dictated the value thereof based off of a currency concept. But in those days, it was not like that. What you had, you literally had like you would have your wealth or, or or lack thereof. You would carry it around. So the publicans, the tax collectors, a lot of times it would be very easy. So say the law was written that if somebody had 500 coins, that they had to pay 100 coins. If that was the law, it would not be a challenge for a tax collector to say, hey, uh, you owe 150 coins. And then they would take the 100 coins and potentially send them up the chain. And then they would take the 50 extra coins and put them in their pocket. And nobody's the wiser because there's no paper trail. There's no digital trail. There's no nothing. So these tax collectors, these publicans got a terrible bad rap. The other thing they were known for is if, if say, you were a fisherman and you're a commercial fisherman to you commercial. If you're a commercial fisherman, fish is money to you. It's your resources. So if you're a commercial fisherman, and you just got off your boat and you got a cart full of fish and you're walking down the road with the fish, then then it wouldn't be unusual for a tax collector to stop you and say, hey, whoa, uh, you know what? I'm going to need some of that fish. And they'd be like, what do you mean you need some of that fish? And the publican is actually going to have a fish fry at his house that night. But what he may say is, well, you're supposed to pay me half the fish that you get. And so they were very, very corrupt and they had a terrible, terrible reputation. This was Zacchaeus reputation. We don't know if he was like this, but this was his reputation. Some of you have a reputation. You are not like your reputation, but that is what has been said about you. The scripture says uh, that he could not see Jesus. Verse three says he sought to see Jesus. If you're taking notes, just jot this down. You need to seek him to find him. The Bible says he sought to see Jesus, but he couldn't see him because of the press, because of all the people, because he was a short person. He was not very tall. This weekend, we have our closer conference coming up. there will be people here whose lives are changed forever. And when I say changed forever, I don't just mean sensed God. I'm talking about you decide from that moment to go all in. You are converted and you will live your life serving Jesus the rest of your life. Because entry-level Christianity is you'll do something for me. Therefore, I will give you my life. But a disciple says... You don't have to do another thing for me, Jesus. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. Now, he'll continue to bless you all along the way, but it is a completely different concept. And the closer you get to him, the more likely, likely, likely you are to begin to say and think things like this. I count it all joy to be a partaker of even some of the sufferings of Christ. Because there's another level to Christianity that a lot of people never get to where they actually understand that suffering for Jesus is a thing that you don't desire for the pain, but you understand the reward and how great it is just to be like him a little bit. See, it changes everything. So the Bible says that Zacchaeus sought after him. So if you're going to encounter Jesus, you're going to need to seek him. There will be people sitting in this room right here and there may be a whole row of people and two people may be in the exact same room in the exact same environment and experience nothing because instead of seeking him, they demanded that he seek them. See, when, when Zacchaeus, he had an opportunity. Remember we said, don't see, sit in the seat of the scornful. He had an opportunity Whenever he couldn't see the people, whenever he couldn't see Jesus because the people were too tall, he could have sat down and everybody would have looked at him and said, oh, I thought you were sitting down already. But he could have sat down, crossed his little short arms and said, you know what? God made me short. He must not want me to see him. Now, we don't usually say it like that. We say it like this. I believe it, but I'll believe it when I experience it, when it hits me, then I will believe it. But instead of doing that, the Bible says that he makes a plan. Somebody say, make a plan. Now, making a plan is very important. Verse number four says this. It says he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus because he knew he was going to pass that way. He knew where Jesus was going and he went and got into the place where he knew Jesus was going to show up. Who in here has ever had God do anything in your life? Just wave at me like this. And you know for a fact it was him that did it. A lot of times one of the things in your life is you go back to that place where he's done something before. Many times in your life, you're going to have challenges and trials and all these different things that come up. But you've got to get to the place where you get so strategic about following God that you actually make a plan to have an encounter with him. The Bible says, knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. If you are seeking something, almost without exception, you will find it. But if you're just sitting back saying, you know what, if if God wants me, he'll do, listen to me. There are three nails that were driven through our Savior that verifies that he wants you. How close you get to him is not contingent on him the woman with the issue of blood had to push through the crowd. And it doesn't say anybody else was getting a miracle that day, but she pressed through the crowd and she grabbed the hem of his garment. Blind Bartimaeus was told to shut up. And the Bible says that he cried out even louder. And it doesn't say that anybody else got their healing that day, but the Bible says that he got his healing that day. Zacchaeus was sitting there and he could have been offended, said, you know what? All these tall people are always in my way. I feel like I'm at an NBA game. I can't ever see anything anywhere. And instead of sitting there in a setback, he Decided to run ahead of the people that he couldn't see through because sometimes, listen to me, sometimes your crowd is what is stopping you from seeing Jesus. Yeah. Who you are around can either benefit you or be detrimental to you. If they are stopping you from seeing Jesus, don't walk away from that situation. Do a Zacchaeus and run away from that situation. Don't you risk your destiny for anybody. But you got to make a plan. Somebody say, make a plan. Not long ago, I was on vacation and we went down to uh, uh, an island. And before I went down to the island, I knew that I wanted to go fishing because I like fishing and it's a lot of fun. And where I grew up, I grew up fishing in water you can't see through. But when you go when you go to these islands, sometimes you can you can fish and you can actually have beautiful water and it's just a wonderful time. But, but what we did is I started going. I went to this school online. It's called YouTube University i said how do i catch fish in this particular area what do i fish with how do i fish with it what do i need to do how am i going to do it and so by the time we actually got to the island i already i had a a, a note in my phone this long of everything i was going to buy exactly how to tie the hooks exactly how to you had to buy i had to buy one of these things called a a a, a, net, a net you throw it it's a uh Cast net, thank you. Just came to me, Jake. Uh, but anyway, uh, cast net. I'd go out there, and so you, not only that, you got to find the fish you're going to catch with the cast net. So you don't just throw it in clear water, like where I'm from, you just throw it out there. You wouldn't know if you're going to catch anything. But this clear water, you can throw it, and no, I'm not going to catch anything. So I had to cast net. Which getting a cast net is only step one, because if you've never thrown a cast net, let me just tell you something. Uh, It's serious business, okay? You got to learn how to do it. So I'm sitting there. It's got these weights that hang off of it. It's like this. It's like throwing a spider web. Here's how to do it. Practice. If you want to practice throwing a cast net, go home, okay? And, And grab a hammock and throw it and try to catch something in it. Except put weights all over it and make it really wet so that whenever you pick it up, all your clothes get wet. That's like throwing a cast. So anyway, I'm, I'm throwing this cast. and I'm taking all the, 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 the weights. And you got to hold them this way. You got to hold them this way. Put half of it in this hand, half of it in this hand. And then you get out there and you throw it out there. And it took me a while, but I got it. And I could throw the cast. And I was like, all right. So by the time we got there, I knew exactly what I was going to buy. I went to the bait shop and I'm talking to the people. And one of the biggest things was to talk to people who've been where you're going. So I'll go to the bait shop and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I want to catch these fish. You know, I got, I got this. Here's my list. And I show him my list. I'm like, this is my list. This is what I'm about.' He's like, absolutely. That's exactly what you do. I said, well, where exactly do I go? Now I already knew where I wanted to go, but I said, where exactly do I go? And he said to me, he said, he said, sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's just a Sunday morning. Sometimes it's just a Wednesday night, but there are moments like our conference coming up. We're a sustained effort where we say, I'm setting aside some time on purpose because I don't want to stay like I am right now. And I know if I can get closer to you, I can have the change that won't just benefit me. It's going to benefit my family. It's going to benefit every generation after me. Somebody ought to give God a hand of praise if you're willing to commit some time to the things of God. So now I get there and he tells me, okay, go here at this time, go here at that time. So I go and I get, and I got the cast net and I go out there and there's all these people fishing and I'm walking by and I'm like, you catching anything? They're like, not yet. And they are like, they're, they're their skin looks like it has been boiled in oil. That's how red they are. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, so how long you been out here? Been out here all day. I'm like, oh my gosh. So you've been out here all day. You didn't catch anything. I didn't catch anything. Walk a little further, and and uh, there's some guys from Britain, and they're fishing, and they're saying what British people say, like tea, biscuits. I don't know. I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're having this. They're fishing. You know, they're they're doing their thing, and they're and they, you know every other cast, they're untying their their the knots that they're getting in their thing. And I'm like, y'all catch anything? They're like they're like not yet, mate or chap or whatever. I went Australian on them, just like that. <laughs> I don't know the difference. But anyway, so the British guys are sitting there and they're, they're not catching anything. The, the blistered guy, he's not catching anything. So I go over a little bit further and I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm different. I don't know. So I go out there and I'm like, what are y'all using for bait? And we're like, I don't know. And they're cutting this stuff up and I'm looking at it and there's all this fresh bait laying around and they don't, they're not using the fresh bait that's in the water that they can see. I'm like, y'all not catching these? They're like, we can't throw our cast net. In other words, they were in the right place, but they didn't have a plan. They got there, and I mean, it was was literally like just throwing yarn. And I get out there, and I'm like, okay. And I got all these steps in my head. And I'm going, okay. This hand like this, this hand like this. There's actually one video that told you to put some of it in your mouth. I didn't like that video. (laughs) So I get out there, whoosh, and it splashes and it lands right on all this school of these fish. And I start pulling it in. And sure enough, I got like a whole thing of fish. And I I go and I bring it over to the beach and I shake it out and there's all these fish flopping on the beach. And now my kids are like, oh, fish. And we start putting them in the bucket. We got all these fish in a bucket. And now since my cup runneth over, I'm like, Hey, chap, would you like some bait? (laughs) So I'm giving the British guys some bait. I'm giving the other guy some fishing bait. You want some of this fishing bait? Yeah, I want some of this fishing bait. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching what they're fishing with and it's, it's not what I'm fishing with. And so I, I, tie, I have my stuff all tied on. I got, I got the certain kind of rod, and everything. I put it on there and, and I go and I went right to the spot, right to the spot where I knew because I watched a video of somebody fishing in the exact spot. I went exactly to the spot that I watched somebody on YouTube catching fish with the exact same stuff that I'm fishing with. Exact. Verified by the video, verified by the guy at the bait shop. And I get over there and I got, I got, I got, I got, you know, Winston Churchill over here. I've got the, I've got the, 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 the sunburn guy over here. I got some other people over here that y'all catch anything? Nothing. Manatee swims by. True story. Manatee swims by. I'm like, oh my gosh, a shark. I back up. And everybody's like, it's just a manatee. I'm like, just a manatee? I'm from East Texas. There's no such thing as just a manatee. Sea cow. So I'm sitting there, I throw my bait in the water, surrounded by doubt and unbelief because nobody's caught a doggone thing. And in like 32 seconds, I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Hey, looky here, boys. And I pull it in. I reel the thing in. I bring the fish up. It wasn't a big fish, but praise the Lord, it was a fish. And just like moss to a flame, everybody comes over to me and they're like, what are you fishing with? And I'm like, none of your business. That's what I'm fishing with. What's the difference? I had a plan. I talked to the guys that were from Britain. I said, I didn't mean it disrespectful. It kind of sounded disrespectful. Have you ever fished before? (laughs) Because it didn't look like it. They're like, we have, but you know, in Britain it's different. And I'm like, oh, but they weren't catching nothing. They weren't catching anything. True story. They weren't catching anything and I'm ripping them out almost every cast to the point. Now I start feeling obligated to tell people what's, what's different. And I'm telling them, well, well, let me see your hook. And I look at their hook. Their hook is totally wrong. They're not going to catch anything on that hook. They were fishing with like a shark hook. You might catch a manatee or something, but you're not catching these fish we were catching. Every, everything was wrong like the, the kind of line the kind of fishing line was wrong they didn't have a plan Zacchaeus didn't say I can't see Jesus and quit he said I can't see Jesus so I'm going to make a plan you don't just land in church on a Sunday morning you got to have a plan sometimes your kids show up with two different shoes on but you're not even going to get here Unless you start planning on Thursday, Sunday morning is church day. You're not even going to make it to the house of God until you start developing a plan. And some of you are going to have to separate from the crowd that's trying to stop you from seeing Jesus in order to get to a place where you can climb up a little higher, where you can actually get a glimpse of him. But if you don't develop a plan... You'll be like the rest of the world, blaming God when you never did anything to find him. You'll be shaking your fist at the God who's screaming at you, I love you. All because you didn't develop a plan. Let's give God one big hand of praise right there. Let me wrap this up quickly. The Bible says Jesus came to the place. Everybody say the place. This weekend, we're believing he's going to come right here. We've seen him move. We know he'll do it again, and we are strategically doing everything that we can. And what I'm asking every first touch team well, every first touch team member to do is to run in front and begin to make a plan for when he gets here. Begin to anticipate him. If 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 you serve on a first touch team, reach out to your first touch team leader and find out how can I be of service. So we're going to have a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of crowd show up, and Jesus is going to show up. And when he gets to that place, listen. What you do strategically to meet him will not stop him from finding you. It will actually cause the scripture to be fulfilled in your life that says when you seek him, you will find him. When you begin to knock on the door, he's going to open the door. The Bible says Jesus came to the place and when he looked up, he saw him and he said to Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must abide at your house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day salvation has come to your house, for as much also... For as much as he also is a son of Abraham, verse 10, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus, the minute that you get saved, you have been recruited to help him find the lost. The minute that you get born again, you have been recruited. You are now on team Jesus. It's like you've put the jersey on. And now it's our responsibility to be a part of it. So he comes over to Zacchaeus, who strategically left the crowd, climbed up in the tree because he was too short to see, refused to quit, made a plan to be where Jesus was going to be. Jesus got there, said, come down. He said, I want to come to your house. I want to eat with you today. And the Bible says that everybody began to murmur and say, look at that. Jesus is going to eat with a sinner. Let me just say this. Everybody do your fingers like this. There's always going to be a They. Stop caring. Stop caring what they say about you. Stop caring what they think about you. Because what happens is the minute that you break out and the crowd's going at a pace of, you know, say one mile per hour and you start moving at five miles per hour, they are going to say something like this. Why you got to go that fast? Why you got to try that hard? Why you got to stand out? Why why, why are you? Why, why is it always God bless you? Why are you always praying over your food? We know you're a Christian, big whoop. I'm not praying for you. Excuse me, I'm not praying to entertain you. I'm praying because I love him and he loves me. And you stop worrying what they think. Who cares what they think? Sometimes you got to separate from they to see him sometimes you've got to get away from some of the stuff that has held you back in order to access him sometimes you're gonna have that idea of laying aside every weight that holds you back that's not necessarily sin we lay aside sin too But sometimes those weights are just slowing you down because you can carry a weight and run, but you can't run as fast as you can without it. And you'll start blaming God when you were late. Sometimes you got to get out in front of the crowd. So he said, he said, he said, he said, he ran in front because he knew where Jesus was going. Strategically, got up in a tree so he could see. him. And as soon as Jesus looked and saw Zacchaeus, He said, come down, I'm gonna go to your house and eat. And the minute that Zacchaeus' life began to change, because God usually uses the person that everybody's gonna be offended by. That's why he uses me. There's a lot of different people wouldn't have stepped on near as many toes and all that other stuff. Probably better with the English language. But he'll just use anybody that's willing. He said, come down. All of a sudden, they started murmuring. And when they started murmuring, the Bible says that Jesus began to make it clear. I didn't come here to seek and save that was found. I came to seek and save that which was lost. As Ikea said, Jesus, if... What these people don't know is I give half of what I have away. Remember, it says he was very rich. So I give half what I have away. Then the Bible says, and if I've ever done anybody wrong, I repay it fourfold. That would be like you ladies going to Bed Bath & Beyond. Some of y'all were like, I love this church, Bed Bath & Beyond. You go into Bed Bath & Beyond, you buy you a $100 thing. And then you find out the next day that it was supposed to be 50% off. I know what you would do. Got my receipt. Walk in there and go, hey, so. um, And you're a Christian, so you're trying to be careful. You're like, I mean, you're driving up. And you're, you're Jesus, take the wheel. I'm just speaking favor over their life. I pray for them that they don't push my buttons. Just lift them up right now. They're going to do what I want. I mean, what you want. In Jesus' name, there's 50%. It's supposed to be 50% off. They're going to give it back to me. I will even accept a store credit. Shondé Rondé, I will accept store credit, Jesus. I will. In Jesus' name. And a good parking spot, amen. I know how y'all are. So you walk in there, you're like, so Yeah. I bought this paper towel holder because it goes with the rest of my kitchen, which is all rooster. And I paid $100 for it and I found out it was supposed to be 50% off. So I don't want to cause a problem. But I'm going to need my money back. And the person behind the register goes, can I, can I see the coupon? (laughs) Are you calling me a liar? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, they said, absolutely, ma'am. No problem. 50% off. That's our, would you rather have it back on your credit card or would you rather have a store credit? Oh, whatever's easiest for you guys. Praise the Lord. On the inside, you're doing a praise break, you know, just thanking God for just causing every weapon formed against you not to prosper. And you get your $50 back and you're happy. What Zacchaeus said he did is you'd have gone through the same thing. Okay, look, I bought this it was a hundred bucks, Zacchaeus, but it was supposed to be 50% off. That's $50. He would have said to you, I am so Sorry. Here's two hundred dollars for your trouble. Did you know generosity catches the attention of our God? He comes walking by. He said, "Come down." He said, "He said I'm going to eat with you," and everybody around says, "I can't believe he's going to be with this sinner." And Jesus goes, "He doesn't know me yet, but he already has many of my characteristics. He gives to the poor." He blesses other people. He tries to right wrongs. This is exactly who I, this is exactly the type that I came to use. Here's the other side of it He was given half of everything He has away, half of everything He has away, and given back fourfold anybody that He did wrong. Did you know all rich people are not bad? How many of you here? and you don't have to raise your hand because I don't care, but if you just said honestly, I would, it wouldn't bother me, you wouldn't bother you, if you were more well-off financially, just wave at me. Like it wouldn't bother you to have more than you have right now. Make sure that you're not sowing seeds of discord that you will reap when God blesses you. Because if you hate on people with more than you, when you have more than you have now, that thing's going to boomerang, and the people that you used to eat the rich with will start chewing on you. Zacchaeus doesn't indicate that he was a wicked man at all, other than people thought he was. The whole time he's feeding the poor in his town. He's giving back fourfold when people, but everybody's going, you know what? I tell you what, that Zacchaeus, he just, he's got too much. Well, who told you, you were the measuring stick for how much somebody should have? Because if Zacchaeus didn't have as much as he had, that would have meant less poor people were being fed. And the Bible says, when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. So never so discord. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that does have money is upright or that does well is upright. But what it does mean is it's not our job to sit in the seat of the scornful and go, I just can't believe that they shouldn't have it. Listen, if that bothers you, heaven is going to freak you out you're going to be like, somebody's going to walk in with a big old diamond ring on and you're going to be like, she doesn't need that ring. She could have sold that and given it to the poor. Judas Iscariot is famous for that statement. But you're going to say, she should have sold that and given that to the poor. I can't believe. Ah." And then poof, you're going to go to heaven and you're going to see diamonds in the walls. You're going to see a golden street. You're going to be like, oh my gosh. Are you going to tell Jesus, this is just too much, Jesus. I can't believe it. (laughs) What's with this big pearl gate anyway? I mean, how big was the oyster? That's what I want to know. (laughs) I just don't get it, Jesus. No. You don't have to live offended. You don't have to live that way. Don't be Jealous of what somebody else may or not may or may or not have. Refuse to get uh, uh, jealous. Just get inspired. If God can do it for one, come on, He'll do it for you. How many of you? Wouldn't it just be wonderful if, whenever your kids got college age, you just wrote a check, go to college. Praise the Lord. Oh no, no, no. Mine's gonna have a soccer scholarship. Sure. We've seen Billy play soccer. He's not getting a scholarship. (laughs) Somebody ought to tell the truth. Shame the devil. And if he does, you will have spent all the money that you would, that you could have paid for college with to go to every single tournament all over God's green earth. You already spent the money for school. What happens is you can go to a place and you can start to get bitter and you can get into the us versus them mentality. And you might be able to survive it, but your kids won't. Your children will not. They will get bitter and you won't even, they won't even know how they got bitter. They'll just get bitter. And all of a sudden it'll be us versus them. And then when God starts to open the windows of heaven over their life, they'll start talking themselves out of the blessing. Because we're not supposed to have more than enough. Because of a mentality that was propagated in a home. And all of a sudden, the cycle repeats. When God came to destroy your broken cycle and set you up with a new cycle. One that includes the windows of heaven being open over your life. Pouring out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. How's he going to do it? That's not my job and it's not yours either. It's our job to believe him at his word in the face of any and all adversity. Our conference is coming up this weekend. And I believe in God, that Jesus, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit is going to so invade our atmosphere that none of us are going to be the same. But What I'm asking you to do is like Zacchaeus. Go out in front of the crowd. Begin to prepare and plan for an encounter with him. And when he shows up, receive him joyfully. The Bible says he made haste and came down and he received him joyfully. Because one encounter with our God can change your life forever. Let's give God a big hand of praise right there.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media.